Fasten your championship belts because this podcast is unprofessional. Welcome to your weekly home for wrestling reviews, discussion, predictions, and more. This is Unprofessional Wrestling. Here are your hosts, Schwartz, George, and Tonight is the first night that we can say The Rock is a member of the bloodline. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Unprofessional Wrestling Podcast, your weekly home for wrestling reviews, previews, predictions, uh, all sorts of other banter. I am your first host. My name is Travis. Welcome, everybody. Thanks for joining. Really appreciate it. On screen right here, if you're watching the live stream, watching on demand, if you're not listening on a podcast, you can't see it. But over here, we got Schwartz. Schwartz, how are we doing today? Fantastic. A lot of stuff's going on, and love to talk about it. Well, excellent. If anybody else is out there watching us right now, please feel free to check in. Let us know that you're here. Just say a friendly hello. We posed the uh, question in the chat earlier today for anybody that checked in early. Who do you think will win the Elimination Chamber this Saturday in Perth, Australia? The men's and the women's. Of course, we're going to preview Elimination Chamber on tonight's show. We're also going to talk about the most recent SmackDown and Raw. Uh, And also, there is a press conference, I believe, going on tonight for Elimination Chamber. So we'll, we'll obviously make sure that we catch that. Uh, after this episode is over. If anybody else is watching that and you want to throw anything out about that press conference while it's going on, if we're still doing this, shout it out. Tell us what's happening, if anything cool happens. Would love to hear everything so far, play by play. Do it. Absolutely. Well, with all of that, there's a lot going on this week. Uh, Our format's a little longer than it usually is. There's there's a lot going on. We're on the road to WrestleMania, and this is probably um, how things are going to look for a little bit, right? Yeah. A lot of people have to get all their their uh star their stories to go right now. So everybody's a got a story. Yeah. It'd be like that, as George would say. Uh George isn't here tonight. George has got a sick kid going on, uh, so he didn't make it in, but that's all right. Me and Travel rock it out. Shorts. One day you'll get it right. It'll be fine. It's hard. Very hard. I'm just the superior Travis, so. Uh, some might say that. Uh, Most. It was always kind of funny in high school because we're both Travis. If we had the same class, the teacher would go, oh, you're both Travis. Uh, Travis S. And we'd both be like, yep, we're both still here. Yep. But, uh, anywho. Yeah, anywho, if you're here on YouTube, uh, please like. The video, please subscribe to us if you're not subscribed already. I noticed that we get some viewers that are not subscribed to us. Please do that. It helps us out a lot. Trying to grow in those YouTube ranks and uh, reach out as recommendations to other people. So hopefully we can make that happen. Share, so, like, everything. Everything. So with that being said, why don't we just get started with everything we got going on. Uh, we're going to jump into the news topics that we have. Yeah, there's actually quite a bit of news than we're normal. 
we left a bit out to try to condense there's a lot of news uh first things first i just thought this was kind of a funny tidbit because it's like what the fuck it was actually just wild to me uh mandy rose did a interview recently of course mandy rose former nxt women's champion that was released and she started an OnlyFans, which she supposedly does very, very well on. Uh, and apparently there are some uh, bigger buyers than others. A lot. I've had one person, I won't say any names, one person, and this was on fan time, um, spend $55,000 on me. That's fucking wild. Can you imagine? Uh, <sighs> That would be a huge chunk of money. But I think in a little bit later, she says it wasn't all at one time. It was, you know, large increments. Right. But still, she said it was like within a short period of time, too. So it's st- and still the same person. Yeah. Who I, has that to just who has that to just throw around? I mean, a lot of people do, I guess. But I, I can't fathom it. Fifty five thousand dollars is like I don't want to say like a healthy like gross salary of an average American because, you know, costs more and more to live these days, but that's wild. That's, so that person must like, have a good ass living to be throwing 55 K away at an OnlyFans account. That is fuck you money all over. Oh yeah. Uh, so I, imagine it. I would love it. I'll do anything. Well, a I'll lot do, of things. I'll do 55,000. I'll sell pictures of my feet. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll I mean, even consider would... shaving them if that helps, you know. What about a picture of your ass? Would you do it all um, over the internet? Everybody saw it. I wouldn't shave it. I don't think. I mean, for fifty-five k, for fifty-five k, I'd shave it. I think. Someone wants your shaved butt. All right, that's my price, fifty-five k. So if anybody's watching, you got fifty-five k. You want to see me shave my ass and show you? It's all it takes. I will lobby for that. That's great. So that's that's that. Just thought that was a fun tidbit to start the show because that's insane. Anyways, what's up next? I mean, she, I, quick thing. I mean, she's doing great now since she's left. I, she left in her prime. Mm-hmm. She literally had to let go of that belt because of she uh, did not see eye to eye with her living. And, you know, she said she didn't make enough, so she needed to side hustle. So yeah, good for her. Betting on herself and her body. Yeah. What do you do? She's doing better. Yeah. Uh, she was great in NXT. She really started to come into her own. And if, if she would have moved up to the main roster, I mean, uh, she would have been a prime player, you know? True. Um, speaking of, I mean, her history, uh, WWE is trying to uh, kind of weed out all history of Brock Lesnar and Vince, um, which is kind of inevitable, but impossible has to be. Yeah. I I don't know. I don't know if they can do it. I mean, given the circumstances um, with all the allegations and all that stuff, and Brock Lesnar was never specifically named in the, uh, the lawsuit that came out. But uh, he was at least very heavily implied, and I don't know who else it could possibly be. And I think that's exactly where everybody else is at on this. Uh, 100%. Everybody knows it's him. It's You might as well have just said his name because 
you know, with the time frame that they are giving and his status and his, you know, all of his accolades, it's basically saying his name. So, yeah. And Brock was on the cover of uh, the 40 Years of WrestleMania edition of the 2K24 video game, and he was taken mm-hmm. off and replaced. Um, I don't remember. Excuse me, I don't remember who with, but he he was replaced. Um, so that's that's definitely a sign of of things going on. And uh, it was yeah. heavily rumored that he was going to be facing Gunther at WrestleMania for the Intercontinental Championship, and that is obviously no longer uh, in the works. Yeah, that's shame, but you deserve it. So, um, I guess in the chat right now, we got a couple. Well. George is actually doing his part right now, but Jesse uh, said that he thinks Drew and Becky will win that chamber match, their respective chamber matches. And I feel like that's the easy guess to make, to be honest. I, I, I mean, I, I got to go with that as well. Yeah, but do you think that they're leaning too heavily on that, and then they're just going to throw some kind of curve? Like, what if you know? Uh, haven't we seen it before where someone cashes in and goes into that elimination chamber and then just, or does it have to be for a title or can it just go for like a number one contender kind of thing? I think in, with the way the, sorry guys, if you're watching, uh, my camera has been screwy. So I was trying to fix that slash keep going the whole time. Um, what do you mean? They they love watching just me. (sighs) You know, sure they do (laughs) give yourself that big of a head. Uh, there's a lot of different ways that they can go with this if they really want to try to pull any swerves. I mean, and it, I wouldn't be surprised by any of it because I think we're at a point right now where who knows what we can really expect because there's, there's been a lot of things happening and a lot of changes going on on the fly. Uh, so who knows? We might be in for some surprises at Elimination Chamber. But if I'm a betting man, I'm thinking we're getting Drew and Becky, uh, and I think that's, that's the way they've been building things so far. It's a safe pick. It's a very safe pick. Uh, George also agrees with Jesse. Um, and he also loves Bush Light. So. Hell yeah. Um, Jesse then says, I don't think you'll see actual content disappear, mm-hmm. but you'll never see or we'll never see a promotion of anything. Yeah, I, so. I I agree. I I mean, I don't yeah. think they're going to be taking down episodes of like Raw or old pay per views or anything uh, off of Peacock uh, or off of YouTube or anything like that. Um, but I mean, obviously, we're not going to see any promotion of them. They were both taken off the roster pages. Vince is in no way, shape, or form um, a part of any affiliation that the WWE is involved in at this point. Um, and if it wasn't for WWE being a part of TKO, this would have never happened. The the quote-unquote, you know, being erased from whatever. Right. No, it would have, he would have never let it happen. He would have, like, he would have just silently left, and then, yeah, they couldn't do anything. Um, but you don't think that anybody, they're going to go back and kind of look at some some uh, content or, you know, anything that has to do with either one of them just alone? They won't just, like, dis- they won't just, like, delete it? I mean, if you go back and, and look at, like, old pay-per-views or whatever, like, Benoit's still in there. True. I, I don't, I don't, yeah. I don't think, I think there's just so much there, and I think it goes, goes to the conversation of separating the performer or the character from the person. Yeah. Makes sense. 
Jesse says the only good thing to come out of that lawsuit was never having to see that mustache again. And I'm I'm uh-huh. on board with that. Did you know he hated mush- he hated mustaches? Like he absolutely despised them. Like, did he ever prevent anybody from having or keeping a mustache? I don't know about that, but he apparently I read that he absolutely hates Okay. He hated head nodding. He hated mustaches. And he hated people that would just agree because he thought people were just, um, he, he, they were just yes men if they did that. But I don't know why the mustache. I can't remember what they said, but he did it in spite of how much he hates mustaches. So there was something no else deeper. he used to hate. And I think it was either like yawning or sneezing or something like that, but it actually was, legit pissed him it off. Was, it was one of those two. No, it was yawning. I think it was yawning. It's because he never slept. That's why he hated yawning. It was something like nobody has the self control to, uh, to prevent themselves from yawning or something. Oh, always something. Yeah. So that's um, that's what we're looking at uh, with Brock and Vince, and obviously some very understandable circumstances for them being removed from certain media, and that's that. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's it needs to happen. Terrible thing. Um, just so. keep keep fucking around with my camera. Eventually, we'll get a new camera where this won't happen. Everything always works great until you get going, and then bingo, bango, bend me right. over. Uh, Fifty five thousand, I'll do it. That's all it takes. That's my price. Joking. Joking. Everybody's got a price, as Ted DiBiase would say, and fifty five grand is just about mine. Can you do his cackle? Can you do that? I'm trying to play it in my head, and I just can't. It's you you do quite, it. You do it. No, it's quite annoying. I can't do it. I can't. Mm-hmm. Next um, time. Did you see Shotzi got hurt? Shotzi uh, got hurt. That's our next item here. Uh, Shotzi, oh. I believe this last weekend of NXT was taped. It was. Because uh, it, was, it, was, uh, it was announced. I can't remember who, did it, who said it first, but it was announced last week, which people were actually pissed off about because... People are starting to get more and more annoyed on these insiders because they're they're releasing things way ahead of time. Well, I don't know if it's necessarily an insider thing as much it is as it is a fan that was at the taping that posts online Shotzi got hurt or whatever. Like it's kind of inevitable. There's nothing you can really do about it. True, but I I think they they yeah it could have been one of that. But I think someone broke it first though with the insider. Maybe. Uh, in any case. Sounds like Shotzi tore her uh, ACL on this latest episode of NXT, which is really unfortunate because she was in contention for the Elimination Chamber match. I don't remember if she qualified or had a qualifying match coming up. I, I don't remember what the circumstance was there. She had a match, and then that's why they turned it into a uh, <clears throat> the Last Chance Battle Royal. Okay. And I like the last chance battle royal too. That was that was a good direction to go if you, if you had to call an audible on that. So that that worked out good. Uh, but in any case, Shotzi's going to be out. Um, I, th- I think a common timeline for a torn ACL is like around nine months, give or take, or something yeah. like that. Unless you're Seth Rollins or John Cena, who have just superpowers. Yeah. yeah, probably about nine months. So that's a bummer. Uh, so I know we don't go too much into like AEW or anything on this show, at least yet. Uh, I think we'll get back to it at some point, and we're going to go more into NXT at some point. Just with the road to WrestleMania, there's a lot for us to catch up on uh, or, or um, keep caught up with. So for the time being, we're mostly focusing on Raw and SmackDown. 
after Mania season, we'll reevaluate uh, and see about trying to put our other resources into other shows as we figure out how to put these shows together a little bit more efficiently. So with that being said, uh, just a quick uh, AEW kind of WWE related note here. Uh, AEW announced Jennifer Pepperman, who was a senior producer and writer with the company that left not too long ago. Uh, but she was announced as being All Elite and being brought on board with All Elite Wrestling. It is believed that she is making the move partially to be Mercedes Monet's personal writer. Similarly to how Brian Gewertz is The Rock's personal writer. Uh, he does a lot of different things with The Rock. He's a writer on, he was a writer for Young Rock and uh, wrote most of The Rock's promos when he was in WWE and yada, yada, yada. Uh, so that's very interesting. Um, if she's known for working closely with, uh, if she was known for working closely with Sasha Banks in WWE, then I think this is a pretty clear sign that, I mean, we I think based on the announcement of the of the the big show that was announced that I can't remember the name of off the top of my head that we're gonna get Mercedes Monet at that show and or possibly Okada. Who also has like a money kind of like themed gimmick or what have you associated with him too? He's the Rain Man, you know. Yeah, but it's it's Revolution that they're going to be doing that at. Uh, nope, they announced a show in Boston. Oh, is that uh, that's its own show? Kind of like how they announced um, they, that big show in Chicago for the first episode of Rampage, and they called it yep. the Second Coming or whatever it was, and then Punk came out. Yeah, I, I like the way that they do that. It kind of gives a little bit of a PLE thing for it. Um, but it's just original. It's just an episode. Right. So so I think those are a couple of things that you can possibly expect out of that. Um, as much as I'd love to see Sasha Banks or Mercedes in WWE, uh, I don't think that's happening, at least not for a while. And I'm sure they're throwing the money bags at her. No pun intended. I think you did. <sighs> Whatever, man. <laughs> Here we are. Uh, anyways, for anybody watching us right now, don't forget to find us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We're on a few other podcasting platforms as well if you look us up. Don't forget to subscribe, like, and uh, definitely leave us a rating on those platforms as well uh, to help us uh, get suggested to other wrestling fans. We really appreciate that. Climbing the ranks. We're, yeah. We're sure going to try eventually. We'll get some traction one day. Let's get inside of 150. Ooh, that's a good goal. <laughs> it's a chunk. If we could do that within like six months, I'd be pretty stoked. Yeah, there's a ton of wrestling podcasts. And if we even get within the top 50 or 150 in six months, I would actually be. Let's just. Oh, I was just talking about like 150 subscribers. Yeah, I'm not expecting to be number 150 by then, but I think it's both are good goals. If we get 150 subscribers holy shit what what are you gonna do if, if we get that i will chop george again i think we got to step it up i know we're talking about possibly doing uh putting the loser through a table wrestlemania weekend yeah sure <laughs> i'm down for it i don't care we'll, we just got to find a table that won't kill us or like try to split us in half with a giant splinter like like uh, Bob Holly back in the day. I am not taking my, I'm not getting a shoulder down to my left ass cheek size cut into my back. 
<laughs> we'll figure it out. Uh, so anyways, we're going to get into SmackDown, then we're going to get into Raw, then we're going to talk uh, Elimination Chamber as my camera fucks up again. So SmackDown, uh, we talked about it a little bit last week, but at the beginning of the show is, uh, you know, they've been showing people getting to the arena. Uh, so with SmackDown, they showed the rock pulling up to the arena in his fucking Ford Raptor, because what else would the rock drive? I'm surprised he didn't come in with a fast, or a fast and furious type car. Oh, that actually be kind of interesting. That 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 would definitely be heel rock. Everybody's sick of Fast and Furious. It, it's true. That actually is. That would be hilarious. I mean, there's still time. So he's he's got like what? He's got all of March to do that. So he's probably got to show up at least once or twice in that in that time frame. Yeah, you would sure hope so. At least. So, anyways, uh, things get started off. Kevin Owens walks out to the ring for his elimination chamber qualifying match against Dominic and as Dominic is uh, making his entrance tries to cut a promo basically about how the judgment day is going to win everything at elimination chamber and of course the crowd is booing just as loudly as ever uh, and he eventually just kind of gives up on finishing his thoughts because he's getting sick of it the match is going well Dom's starting to get frustrated because he can't get the pin and our truth now is at ringside Dom tells our truth to grab a chair and truth says, I thought I wasn't in judgment day. Dominic says, yeah, you're in judgment day. Go grab a chair. Our truth goes to grab the chair and he sets it up at ringside and sits his happy ass down right there. Owens takes advantage of the distraction, pop up power bomb. And uh, Kevin Owens has qualified for the elimination chamber. Uh, after the match is over, our truth comes in and raises Kevin's hand and Kevin's like, Okay, I guess. <laughs> I I laughed. I swear I catch myself laughing at every single segment he's in. It was like a it was like a little brother type moment right there. Like, oh I thought I wasn't a part of it. No, you are. Go get it. Man, you it's he's so he's so good and he's over fifty years old and he's still being able to perform in the ring too. It's just insane. And he's so over. So over. Yeah, and he and he's been this funny and this like valuable in a comedy role for years now. It's been it's been quite a while. He, yeah, ever since he got rid of the his other name, wasn't he K Quick before? I don't remember if he's had a different name outside of W or inside WWE or not. I know he had a different oh, he, name in TNA that I can't remember off the top of my head. Uh, I thought he brought that from TNA K Quick. I don't remember. If anybody in the chat can clarify for us, that'd be great. You can only yeah, remember so I much. I know. He's 50 years old. He's been in the WWE forever. So Truth. Pun intended on that one. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, afterwards, you got Drew McIntyre and LA Knight trash talking backstage. Uh, nothing crazy happening here. Uh, more or less just to try to build their match for SmackDown tomorrow night. Uh, and then we see Roman pulling up to the arena, gets out of the vehicle, and he hugs Jimmy. Jimmy looks confused because there's obviously been a lot of tension between Jimmy and Roman as of late. And Roman says it's time to fix everything that Jay messed up. So that's kind of the precursor to the ending segment of the night. 
Yes. So afterwards, we get a backstage interview with Pete Dunn and Tyler Bate. And Tyler Bate says that they are due for a new tag team name. So great. We're getting to the point where now they're an established team and they're not just going to be these two random people thrown together. Not that they're necessarily random because they're both, they've tagged before. They're both from NXT slash NXT UK. They have a long history together. Great. Uh, but he suggests the name New Catch Republic. I don't know if I get it. I don't know that I have to either. It's fine. It's better than Tyler, Tyler Bate and Pete Dunn. It's. It's a it's a play on catch wrestling, so that's a different style mm, of wrestling. So I see. Um, I don't know where the Republic comes in because it almost seems like that would be like a faction, but you know, it, it's the new age, I guess, for catch wrestling. I I don't hate it, but I'm like, ugh, probably should have used that as like a faction name, unless they're gonna do it, um, bring it into a faction. Yeah, and so. Know. As as uh, basically as that happens, uh, Dom is walking back after his loss, and Dom says that they won't beat Judgment Day in Perth because remember it's uh, the New Catch Republic versus Judgment Day in Perth for the tag team titles. So it would be those two versus Damian Priest and Finn Balor. Uh, Tyler Bate says that they should test out whether or not they can beat the Judgment Day, and he says that they should face Dom and r Truth. Uh, on SmackDown tomorrow night. Uh, so obviously it's going to be JD McDonough or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. So that's set up for tomorrow night. So we got something going into SmackDown, which by the way, SmackDown this week was taped as well. And I did not look at any spoilers. Uh, this podcast is not about spoiling it for people. That's one of the nice reasons that we're on a Thursday rather than like a Tuesday or, or a Monday or whatever is people have time to catch up before they come and check us out if they want to. So that's set up for that. Yeah, uh, that's. I have not looked at any of the spoilers either. So, as much as I hate surprises, I'll Wait, be watching. You, what do you mean live. you hate surprises? I hate it. I mean, I like getting surprises, but if if someone knows it, I'm gonna ask them to tell me. I'm gonna say, don't just just tell me because I hate it. Like I get you endings of movies. I want someone to tell me what happens at the end of the movie, so I'm not heartbroken or pissed or sad. So you're telling me, hypothetically speaking, you're telling me that if there was a known ending for WrestleMania this year, you would you would have somebody tell you what the ending is going to be and not like want to stick around for the whole ride. I mean, I will stick around. Yeah, but but you're going to ruin the surprise for yourself and be okay with it. I guess this is a little different just because we would pop so hard on this situation. Like if someone was just like, you know, you should really watch this movie because this happens at the end. I'd be like, yeah, I would want to watch the movie if I knew something like was okay at the end. But if for WrestleMania and we're already invested in this and I'm going to scream or jump out of my chair when Cody wins. Yeah. I want that to be in the moment. Uh, There's, 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 there's levels to it. Fair. Uh, so Jesse says, just K-Quick, and he was Ron Killings in TNA, became R-Truth when he came back. I swore he was R-Truth before he left initially, but maybe not. I feel like Jesse would know better than I do, though. Yeah, he's able to look it up right now. So, uh, 
Yeah. Anyways, what happened next on SmackDown there, Schwartz? Um, so the next chamber qualification match, I think it's the, was it the final one for the women besides the, the Battle Royal? I, think uh, I believe so. Yeah. So uh, Zelina and Tiffany Stratton, which... Um, Zelina, I just don't, I was kind of wondering why she came out kind of, like, didn't she come out like that already before where she held the flag as her cape? I think she came out when they were in Puerto Rico for backlash, wasn't it? I, I think it's been somewhat of a normal thing for her though, just, uh, consistently. Okay. I, say. I was just kind of, kind of wondering, it kind of seemed like she was coming out like all sentimental and cannot tell you off the top of my head where they were last or no it was salt lake it was salt yep. Lake City. yep so i was like what what does that have to do with anything i don't know maybe she's a good family there who knows but uh zelina and tiffany tiffany stratton um she's just gonna be a heel which is fine i like tiffany stratton i think she's the new mm-hmm. female wrestler that i think i'm gonna probably gravitate towards she just has it all she already like you already have her character established she's this whiny barbie girl mm-hmm. can talk self-centered it's all get out found out she's from minnesota so that's that's crazy yeah i didn't know that until you mentioned that when you uh, i yeah. think texted us on friday yeah so um yeah that that starts uh zelina throws tiffany out into the ring by the announce table and uh and then all of a sudden, Tiffany just throws Zelina against the barricade. And, and right behind her was Legato del Fantasma. It was all four members. And when uh, Zelina was hanging up on that barricade, Electra Lopez kind of, I don't know, it wasn't really like a whisper. It was pretty much just talking smack. And hockey, then, hockey chirp. Yeah. And then... Tiffany gets thrown back in the uh, the ring, and then Zelina whips around and throws Electra onto the floor, and then throws her back over the barricade, which is a which is a very puzzling sequence. No punches, no kicks, no nothing, no no hair grabbing. Just throw over, throw back. So, um, that was a little wild. But Zelina runs back in, and Tiffany sets up Zelina to hit her fantastic awesome moonsault that she does uh it was a little janky but yeah and and that was something i noticed like a form was good placement not so much i noticed uh it was like her thighs or whatever that came across selena pretty hard uh, in her abdomen yeah which i think i don't know whoever i think it was uh graves that said he mentioned that like uh her knees hit Zelina, which was effective. Yeah. Um, I saw, I mean, good job, good job by the announce team to be able to, to cover it. It wasn't like a, a big mistake or anything, but it was, mm-mm. they did a good job of covering that up to still make it be like, Oh wow. Like that, you know, that might not be the way that it's normally done, but it's super effective still. So good on them for that. Right. Um, and she'll, she'll get her moonsault down one day. I mean, I think it's down. I think it's just a matter of, just the placement. I mean, and it's it's a great moonsault, but there's a lot of moving pieces with you know jumping on the different levels of ropes. Uh, yeah. One thing that I made a note of, which I guess I spoke too soon, and we'll we'll get into it when we talk about Raw. <laughs> yeah. But I made a note about how Tiffany's music is 
great. Like, and I've been saying the last couple of weeks, the music for the newer uh, superstars has been kind of trash, super generic. Um, you know, it's not the kind of music that you're going to get a pop for, like you would like a Kevin Owens or a, a Sami Zayn, or, or you know, there's just no personality in any new music that they've been making for entrance themes. And I'm, I'm kind of a, I, I like the entrances are, are a, I think a big part of what connects somebody with the audience. So I think if you can have the music to go along with it, all that does is just, it, it just makes a much better presentation and it sells that wrestler better. Absolutely. Um, I mean, any, any wrestler that has, you know, the first, what, two seconds of their song or their, uh, their theme you know, something other than the music, you know, the glass shattering, mm-hmm. uh, John Cena with the, you know, it's building up. Those are like, that was terrible. Yeah. And, uh, you know, obviously she doesn't have that, but I mean, it's, it's still very, very good. It's like, it's missing. It was missing something in the beginning and then, and then they change it. <laughs> it's so disappointing. Uh, and moving past that, uh, you had AOP, representing the final testament they came out with the whole group uh versus javier burnell and bo morris of nxt uh basically a squash match aop take the victory there uh then we got logan paul versus the miz for the last elimination chamber qualifying match for the men uh logan paul wrestles his first match on smackdown which i think is interesting I, I, that's not something i think i realized uh so there was a little bit of a botch of a standing moonsault that Logan Paul tried to do towards the beginning of the match. And when Logan Paul kind of botched that, it was clear he didn't connect. It, it was obvious. You weren't going to hide that, you know? Um, and he kept trying to carry it, carry on like he connected and it went well and whatever. And Miz kind of had to fight with him a bit in order for Logan to kind of turn around and make it look like, you know, he he kind of took the bad end of that because uh, I think from the viewer perspective, he like hit the knee, his face hit the knees or the feet of Miz or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. So it, it's easy for us to say as people that haven't done it. But obviously what Logan should have done is basically sell his mistake and let Miz take over on the offense. And instead, Miz kind of had to fight him to get him to understand how they should handle that situation. Yeah. And Miz, Miz was trying to be, I mean, he's got all the knowledge, so he knew exactly how to, how to get out of it. But yeah, it just seemed a little janky with Logan trying to wrestle him almost, but also trying to sell at the same time. Right. Uh, so, I mean, outside of that, Logan Paul wins the match. Um, not, not too much, uh, to note. It was still a decent match outside of that one blunder. Um, that definitely took away from the match a bit, but you'll have that. And that's just, you know, Logan still, I mean, he's been really good at what he's done, but he's still new. So, you know, things like that can happen here and there. Uh, during this match, there was a picture in picture of Aldis. Uh, Nick Aldis sitting up in the skybox with Braun Breaker, Jade Cardgill, Liv Morgan, and Bianca Belair. Uh, 
I didn't understand necessarily why they were all there, and there's another reason for that. You know, it's great that they're all keeping an eye on what's what's going on, but I, I, I don't know. I don't know if it was... I could understand if it was just Braun and Jade because he's trying to sign them. I wasn't sure why Liv and Bianca were with them all, especially with Liv and Bianca going to be facing off with each other in Elimination Chamber on Saturday. And the only other note that I made on Logan Paul's match was I didn't like how he was selling the leg at first as an injury. And then he does this, like, this thing where he puts up one leg and does the splits and then drops the leg on his opponent. And then he just never sold the leg at all from there. Like, I was like, oh, okay, he's selling the leg. We're going to get some additional layers to this match and a little bit of storytelling. And then it just kind of got completely forgotten about. And that really shows his uh, his greenness to this uh, business. Is he off the top of your head? Do you think he has at least a a dozen matches under his belt on TV? Mm, I don't know. I'd have to look it up. I I would think it's got to be close. Yeah, because I think when he wrestled Roman, I honestly think it was like his fifth match, if at most. Yeah, and like I said, obviously we haven't done it, but I think that's that's maybe like just one of those things where it's like it's easy to make those changes on the fly when you're practicing or training or whatever, but when you're actually on TV, it's just you know when you're when you're under pressure, um, some of those things that you're supposed to do and remember might go out the window. Yeah, I mean it's very it's that simple. He probably just, I mean he's new green he'll get it yep well so then after that one thing that i thought was interesting is backstage right after this match nick aldis is uh basically in a room backstage with the people he was just in the skybox with and my first thought was god damn they got down from that skybox real quick i guess i didn't even think of that yeah it's actually funny yeah so all this is standing in this room with the same people he was just with, like I said. So it's him um, and Jaden Braun are standing next to him, and they have contracts in front of them that either were just signed or uh, were just about to be signed, uh, which I think was which I I think it's the latter because we saw Braun obviously sign his contract later. But anyways, they're standing there. They're about to sign these contracts. Tiffany comes in and he she starts talking trash to Liv Morgan and Bianca Belair. Um, Jade basically says something like, uh-uh, this, you're not doing this during my big business. And Nick Aldis tells Tiffany Stratton, this isn't the time or place, get out of here. And then Aldis and Jaden Braun all walk out together. Uh, I don't understand why, if you're doing this contract signing in this room or you're going over the contracts or whatever with Jaden Braun Breaker, I don't understand why I don't understand why Liv and Bianca were in that room just sitting there with them. It yeah, it did seem a little out of place. Like it, it they literally could have been on the outside of the door and it would have made more sense. It just it, it was not needed. Yeah, unless I'm missing know. something, I didn't I didn't really understand the connection there. So, I don't know. That's just me. I, unless it was like a Jade thing where they're like, "Yeah, we're here to support Jade." Sure. Uh, you know, I don't know. Maybe they, you know, they're trying to give Jade some kind of, I don't know, some ally kind of or something. Yeah. I mean, if that's the know. case, then, I mean, either, you know, we would have seen that 
established somehow or hear it be mentioned or whatever. I, I don't know. That's just me. That's just that's just being nitpicky, I think, though, too. But whatever. Yeah. Um, Jesse says it's 10 matches for Logan, including that SmackDown match. Well, hot dog. I mean, that's a pretty good, like, just shot in the dark guess on 12. I mean, I, I just was like, I don't even remember. I don't think he, well, even is even close, but yeah. 10. Uh, Jesse Witt in the comments, uh, who occasionally comes and watches wrestling in my basement with us. Uh, word up, Jesse. Uh, he is our official new uh, uh, live research guy. So he's been tasked officially as of right now because I said so. Thanks, Jesse. Appreciate it. Thanks, Jesse. You're the man. Yeah. So what's next there? It's shorts. Um, after that, it was um, Naomi and Alba Fire. This was also actually the uh, other qualifying match. And That's right. That's right. Because... Actually, this is where Na- this is where Shotzi was actually supposed to okay to participate in. So yeah, maybe I was definitely wrong in the other one, but yeah, it was supposed to be Na- Naomi and Shotzi. Um, Alba Fire is still good. She's still she. I don't want to call her a jobber because she's a tag team. Uh, she's in a tag team and. I just hate the way that, you know, if you already are in a tag team, you're in a solidified tag team, you're just, whenever you do single matches, you're just going to lose. So I didn't like that. She put up a decent fight against Naomi. Um, But in the end, Naomi wins. She qualifies, which we already knew, because mm-hmm. when you, you do something like that, Naomi was going to win no matter what once Shotzi was Oh, gone. of course. Well, I mean, even with Shotzi there, if if she faced Shotzi, Naomi was winning. I mean, let's be honest. And and correct me if I'm wrong. I want to say that was Naomi's first uh, singles match since she's been back to. I think you're right. Yeah. Uh. So, anyways, after them. Oh, and by the way, they changed Naomi's music. Fucking, they just keep changing music. It. It's got to be what you said before. The producers are gone. Well, and I don't, I don't think the producers that we talked about last week that made all the really good NXT black and gold themes. I don't think they're the ones that made Naomi's. I could be wrong, but I mean, Naomi had that music for a long time, even after they were gone. But it's, I just don't understand why you had to change her music. It was so recognizable and good, and her new one is just generic trash. Why is there such a problem with entrance music right now? There has to be a reason because that is one of those songs, like I was saying before, where it's iconic. Where like you you hear that, and when she starts saying like the amazing part in her in it, you knew like that was it, and it was good. I liked it. I think that was one of the for women, probably top five. There's, yeah, I would say probably top five. <sighs> I don't get it, man. I don't get it. Um, well, in any case. Moving on. Uh, chat says, Jesse goes, I'll be here, Mike Tine. Mike Tine. Do you know who that Tine? is? No. Oh, my God. You got a fucking old school WCW blanket behind you. You don't know who Mike Tine is? I, I might know him as something different. I don't know. Oh, my God. I can't. I can't. We host a wrestling show. What the fuck, man? Hey, this is for the common guy. Mike Tanay was a 
like 90s and 2000s WCW announcer, and then he went on to TNA. Oh, it's that guy? He was great. I know who that is. I just didn't. I never even. I don't even know. I don't know what I knew him as. Colton, they had. Colton Ashley uh, says the music is trash because they let Jim Johnson go. And yeah, he had he had a lot of good stuff. But I mean, the. Um, was it the 3CO or or whatever it was? Uh, I don't remember the name of it, but the ones that made a lot of those old NXT black and gold themes, like those are so good. And I understand they were repetitive, but they had personality, they were recognizable, and they just stuck to the wrestlers that went with them uh, like glue. Like, I mean, Finn Balor's original theme was by them. Alistair Black's was fucking incredible. Um, I love that. Oh, it, it's just so... There's just so many good ones that came out of that. And luckily there's still a couple lingering around that I don't think you can change. Like Kevin Owens, Shinsuke, like Sami Zayn, um, CFO, that's what it was. Okay, so Jesse said uh, Naomi's song was a CFO track. (sighs) And so that's very possibly a reason that it was changed. So, I mean, I get it. You bring her back just to get the pop because people are going to know it right away and then change it. I still hate it, but. Yeah, I was was just going to ask, did they use it when she got back? Yeah. Yeah. I guess I didn't. Yeah, I didn't. They used it her her first couple appearances and on SmackDown, they flipped the switch. Yeah. It's going to be brutal if they start doing that to everybody because Tiffany. Yeah. Yep. That one. That's not good. That's not a good one. Uh, following that match where Naomi advances to Elimination Chamber, we got Dakota Kai and Bailey backstage. Uh, Dakota Kai is basically saying, um, I heard them say something, like they're coming after me, like, Bailey, I really need you to be on my side here. Uh, and that she didn't know any of this was going to happen. Bailey basically says, I don't know who I can trust either. Uh, <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> Shorts is saying some silly, stupid shit in my notes as I'm reading this, trying to get me to say something just ridiculous and incriminating. <laughs> uh, yeah. So what you're talking about. Yeah. So obviously this is building, and I don't know what direction this whole thing with Dakota Kai is going to go in. Um, I guess if I had to predict something, uh, you know, maybe they end up remaining friends, sticking together uh, to take on damage control and then eventually Dakota Kai turns and then you get a title feud between Dakota and Bailey. I think I'm on yeah, I think I'm on your side. I don't know part of me believes that Dakota's just going to kind of linger. I don't know if she'll be she might help just so that she gets Bailey's trust back, but it's ultimately going to be Bailey's going to take that off Io and then it's going to go to her and Dakota Kai. It would actually be kind of nice to see Dakota Kai have that title, but it'd be way too quick. Yeah, I think you're going to have Bailey have it for a little bit, um, but if she's going to lose it, it has to mean something. Uh, like, if, if she were to lose to Dakota Kai, for example, like, they need to have a blood feud where Dakota Kai becomes a huge star out of it or Bailey like, wins it back in a big way, um, you know, and Dakota Kai can still come out of the other side of it ahead of where she was beforehand. Yeah, it has to make sense. Um, 
and I really don't see anything with Dakota Kai that would make sense for her to take it so quickly. Mm-hmm. Unless it's unless it's one of those god awful grudge matches. You know, they each win one and one, and then all of a sudden the third one is that. I don't know, backlash or something or after that or money in the bank or something. And I don't know. Sure. I just, I hate those. I hate the whole best two out of three or best of three matches. I don't hate it. I back in the day, uh, Shinsuke and Cesaro before they ended up being the bar, they had one of those and those matches were incredible. And it was a great story. I, I was a fan of that at that point. You mean, Seamus and Cesaro. Yeah. Yeah. You said Shinsuke. I don't think I did. Chat, back me up. I know you're on my side. I said Seamus, didn't I? <laughs> you said Shinsuke. Um uh real quick before we before we move on here, uh Mark Johnson's in the YouTube comments here. Thanks for checking us out, Mark. Uh from the Wrestle Boys of Eau Claire Facebook group, I believe. Hooray. Represent. Welcome. We'll have to get you in that group. Um, he's asking, what's your favorite gimmick match type? You go first. Oh, man. Put me on the spot. I. Mm. Mine, I really do like Last Man Standing. I like, I like the creativity of it, and you know, because you're never right. Uh huh. I don't really know if they really have too many where some, the guy is legitimately like out for ten. I don't think they have. They don't have them all the time. Like the one that had with Roman and Kevin, you know, or that botch with with yeah. Paul Heyman. Yep, yep. That that one could have been really good if that would have been you know, perfectly done. Sure. Um, but yeah, like the whole mankind versus the rock, that whole thing. Absolutely. Last man standing. Legendary. That, that was great. That doesn't get much better than that match. No, no doubt about yeah. it. Uh, I think just for the, I mean, the first thing that pops into my head without thinking too hard about it is hell in a cell just because of all the cool shit that's happened at hell in a cell and all the stories that have been told inside of it and outside of it. Uh, I, I think I got to go with that at least for now. If you ask me next week and I have more time to ponder it, uh, we'll go from that. Uh, just a side note, too. I think I think we can make it a fun part of an episode if we get questions from people watching and listening. Um, if anybody wants to submit questions and we can answer them maybe next week or something, uh, feel free we'll to do that. Yeah, drop them in the YouTube comments. Uh, send them to us on Facebook, on X. Our, our X tag is up there. We're on... Unprofessional Wrestling Podcast on Facebook also. Um, yeah, just get at us. Colton says his favorite's I Quit. That's a great one. Said he liked the three stages of hell, too. That yep. was pretty unique. Yeah. But that we middle seen comment that in a while. of his. Did you, did you read that middle comment of his? Uh, nope. I see three stages of hell and then I Quit match. Mm, okay. Yeah. So you're wrong. I don't know what you're talking you about. You did say Shinsuke. Yeah, fuck it. Maybe I should be drinking. Uh, all right. Moving off of the segment with Dakota Kai and Bailey, what happened next there? Um, 
Nick Aldis, and f- he finally comes out and says what everybody keeps has actually been trying to say that WWE needed to be doing weeks ago and officially signs Braun Breaker to SmackDown. That's that. Yep. So we got Braun Breaker, uh, newest SmackDown star. Uh, nothing with Jade, at least on uh, this week's episode. So curious to see when we're going to see that. Um, You think they do it in a huge way? I don't know. Maybe the chamber or something somewhere where it's big I, I was wondering i feel like i feel like chamber would be a good place maybe for that to happen or maybe you get a little bit of a verbal dispute between nick aldis and adam pierce because they're both obviously going to be a chamber you would think yeah where it's almost like they're fighting for her kind of deal um yeah it becomes a, a live bidding war in front of the whole crowd yeah so Moving on, because God, we got a lot to get through here still, and Fine. less than an hour on my memory card. Ah, uh, right. I forgot to clear it out, but we sh- it shouldn't take us that long anyway. So, the bloodline comes out, and this is to this is the last segment of SmackDown. The bloodline comes out, and Roman says this is the biggest night in WWE history, and there's a lot of loud Cody chants going on. So it's nice to see that that's staying consistent, uh, despite. The Rock getting a lot of attention. Uh, but he says it's the biggest night in WWE history because tonight is the night The Rock is a part of the bloodline. Rock comes out wearing an expensive-looking vest, and uh, this this looks a lot like Heel Rock, and I believe he wore something very similar back in his heel days in the early 2000s and late 90s. Yeah, it was that black vest. He wore it all the time. Shaved head and black vest. Oh, Good stuff. Right. I, he he had, I don't know if it was a shirt or vest, but he used to wear something that looked very similar to that shirt that he had on SmackDown too. But uh, so, anyways, basically he says a bunch of things to intro the Rock, and now I want to play the basically the Rock's full promo. It's all very good. Uh, I have it set up as a pause, so if you want me to stop anywhere in this promo and talk a little about about what he said. Let me know. I'll pause it. But uh, this is everything The Rock had going on. Now before The Rock drops some gospel on you. Gospel. The Rock has got some good news to share. Something that's going to make you happy. Something that you can own. Tonight it is official. You all right now live on Fox have broken an all-time indoor attendance record. Not only... What a pop. Not only for the city of Salt Lake, but for the entire state of Utah, congratulations. They love that. Anytime. Well, here's the record you broke. You broke the all-time record for the largest gathering of trailer park trash the Rock has ever seen. Oh, so good. Can I just say, fucking miss this. And it's a shame that we potentially weren't going to get it. Now, if you didn't like that, you're going to love this. 
Are you sure you want to boo the rock? Finally! Your life has meaning. Finally, <laughs> you and your 50 wives will have a story to tell. Reminder, they're in Utah, Mormon country. So, in case anybody was wondering... And you know what I'm talking about. You'll have a story to tell your 600 inbred grandchildren one day. <laughs> and that is what it's like to look at greatness in the flesh. Because finally, The Rock has come back to Salt Lake City. a side out of the rock that you haven't seen in years but you see this side of the rock has always been in here always you shut your mouth fatty the rock will come out there and slap the herpes off your lips <laughs> it's fantastic it's a side that you haven't seen the rock but it's been in here all along and you know why you're seeing it tonight because it's the rock and roman reigns the biggest the biggest Wrestlemania main event in the history of Wrestlemania you had it in your hands and you let it go you flushed it down the toilet the same toilet you sat your fat asses on and you sat there and tweeted we want Cody we want Cody Cody's gotta finish his story he's gotta finish his you're laughing now and you're booing because you know it's true. I was one of those people. Let The Rock ask you a question. Cody Crybaby. That's me. Let The Rock ask you a question. What is Cody's story? What is the story? Let The Rock make it clear. My cousin Roman Reigns, the universal champion, beat Cody's ass last year at WrestleMania. He beat him. Cody lost the match, and now all of a sudden, Cody wants a rematch? That's his story? That's not how it works. I mean, think about it. You think about it right now. Think about how stupid that... I want to point out, and this is minor, because the positives of this promo far outweigh the negatives, uh, but he said that the fans are the one that the ones that ruined that match between Rock and Roman, and... And if you want to stick with a really strict storyline on this, I, I don't think they should be saying that the fans are the ones that made this match happen. They need to be saying it was Cody. They need to say somehow that Cody was convinced for some reason by The Rock to not take the match with Roman. We didn't get that kind of explanation. Uh, but not only that, I mean, for him to say, you don't just get another story because you want it. That's not how it works. But that's not what happened. He won the Royal Rumble match, and he earned another opportunity. 
like let's let's make this as cohesive as possible and i think that's just one note i have on that i think they're missing that yeah logic is think if you can apply that to sports hold on a second i know your inbreds want to chant what but sit there and shut your mouth and listen to the rock because this is important and the rock is going to educate your ignorant asses apply apply that stupid logic to any sport the 49ers just lost against the kansas city chiefs what did they do what did they do? Did the 49ers say, whoa, 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 wait a minute. What about our story? We got to finish our story. No. They took their lunch like men. They stood up. They dusted themselves off. And they moved on like men. That's what they do. Now, everybody in this arena, in this city, and in this entire state, you should understand this. It's personal. Think about it for a second. Michael Jordan came in here and he crushed the dreams of the Utah Jazz. He ended. You boo because it's the truth. He ended the Utah dream story. What did the Utah, what did the Utah Jazz do? They took their beating like men and they moved on and they worked their asses off to get right back to the top. I had a bit of a situation here. Um, that's it, what they did. There, it's back. That's not how the real world works. The real world doesn't work like that. You don't get a shot at another story just because you want it. That's not what happened. That's not how it works. I also do want to give him a little grace on that because if he's going to be a heel, then you can say shit like that. That's potentially he, he needs wrong. to bring up any little bit to bitch about because he's a heel. Yeah. And you don't understand that. You don't understand that because you're spoiled, entitled, little crybaby bitches. Cody Rhodes, make one thing perfectly clear. The Rock is going to do everything in his power to make sure that you... Walk out of WrestleMania what you are, which is a loser. Everything in his power to make sure that happens. Cody, your story is just ending. Our story is just beginning. The bloodline, the most powerful dominant duo in sports, in entertainment, and of course in the WWE. If you're some man! No, 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 no. Salt Lake City, sing along with The Rock is over. You lost that privilege. Sit there and shut your mouth and enjoy the ride that The Rock is taking you on. If you're some male, what the bloodline is cooking. Ah, there it is. That was obviously a great promo and a great way to close out that SmackDown and that segment did not disappoint whatsoever. It was it was really good. I'm surprised that he actually hit everything very well. He definitely brought some some zest from the old heel rock. I mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. They um, gave it plenty of time too. He did. He did. He wasn't, you know, it just as like he, they 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 allotted enough time for that segment. They let everything go. I think at the perfect pace to say everything he needed to say and deliver it as effectively as he did. Yeah, and to work with the crowd too, because he's always going to work with the crowd. 
He's one of the best at it. There's no doubt about it. I, I think there's just a couple things I would like to see him do to lean a little bit more into the heel persona. Stop stop showing the goosebumps when you're coming out. I think that's just, I, I don't know, don't do that. Because if, if I, I don't think you want to show that you're excited to be there. Um, or when he does finally the rock, like I, I like at first how he went heelish on it, but then eventually went back into finally the rock has come back to Salt Lake City. Uh, and, you know, it's still going to get a, a, a positive reaction, even if he follows it up with something negative. Like, I think you don't do that at all, or you do finally the rock has come back to the shittiest town in all of the United States or, or whatever. Um, I think you just need to turn those, yeah. those little bits that you do around to uh, negate more negative reaction. And, and they just need, they just need him to keep coming out. They, they need the bloodline to keep coming out there and rock just doing more of those promos because the more he does it, the more, I mean, do you remember most of the stuff that he did when he was Hollywood rock before he would just come out and just, tear the crowd apart yeah that's what was he was so menacing why they hated him and i I think we're still at the ground level yeah we're we're still at the ground level of this storyline and heel rock i think so um i think it's just going to progress from here and get better and be more cohesive you think that they drag this out to SummerSlam instead i think this is going to go past mania i think we're going to see rock past mania uh, and I mean, he's he's got more investment in it now that he's on the board. Yeah. Um, and I mean, they've been wanting to do this this bloodline story with him, obviously, for quite some time. So I think I think we I don't want to say we should expect he's going to be around, but I I don't think you can do this as a short term storyline with him. I, I just don't no. think you can. No, no, and I guess I guess you kind of made a decent point like this it's a fairly short uh storyline what is it maybe two months yeah and so it, far? It, it needs to go past that um it, there's a lot of different ways it could go which we'll obviously get into at some point in time but this i feel yeah. like this has to go past mania in order to be as good as it can be uh colton says he thinks it'll go to to mania next year please be in minneapolis please be in minneapolis please be in minneapolis I just cannot believe. You think they'll actually say something? They're going to have to say something next Mania or this Mania. Whoever um, gets it, the city. Yeah, yeah. They they, they, always... they they usually announce it like the week of or the week before current year Mania. Oh, and so I, it's I'm... it's either going to be Minneapolis or Vegas at this point. And God, I hope it's and Minneapolis. I... But obviously, there wouldn't be any surprise if they went with Vegas. And there's so many reasons that they would and could. Yeah. So oh well. Uh, What's What's bigger? Is that Allegiant Stadium way bigger than uh, U.S. Bank? I haven't been to Allegiant. I've been at U.S. Bank probably a dozen times at this point. I was just there this last weekend. Um, Allegiant is probably bigger. U.S. US Bank Stadium, I mean, the Metrodome wasn't the biggest um, stadium, at least in terms of the floor, uh, the floor size. But Allegiant is probably bigger if I had to guess. Yeah, I mean, if they because they try to they try to break each record, not 
I don't think they knowingly or want to always break the record, but they want to get a very, very high. Yeah. Well, and you uh, you can't in you can't in every venue. I mean, it, you you yeah. can't you can't go to the next venue every single time and break the WrestleMania attendance record, but you can at least try to break the record for a building. Which I mean, in Minneapolis would be pretty fucking easy. They've never been to Minneapolis uh, or in that stadium, so you can easily set an attendance record in that stadium. Yeah. Um, I I think. I, I would assume. I mean, Garth I Brooks sold would. out there, I think. So, eh. uh, yeah. So Colton says we're going if it's in Minneapolis, and I'm right fucking there with you. I will. I will get a ten thousand dollar or more, if needed, credit card limit, and I will go into wild amounts of debt to get good WrestleMania seats, go to Raw and SmackDown and NXT and the Hall of Fame and every convention, and I will the biggest fucking wrestling nerd i most of that's not true i would like to do that i'm i try to be more responsible than that but who knows in any case i i do really want to try to go and make whatever shows i can if it's in minneapolis and we're gonna have a sleepover and live podcast at schwartz's house and let's just sell a kidney i think you can get about like six grand for a kidney it's not enough maybe eight it's not enough for a for Good WrestleMania two night tickets and Raw and SmackDown probably, without getting absolute you, nosebleeds. I want to get the gotta, best seats I can. Yeah, I mean everybody does. You want to get four uh, seats? Uh, Mark Johnson says Lambo Field for Mania, baby. That would be great. Uh, Lambo, Lambo hates having non football events at its stadium. Also, it's in April, and Wisconsin is the most unpredictable state for snow and coldness. Listen, baby, you want the Lambo experience? You have mania in the snow. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Seth actually said something. It was like two weeks ago. He said, I would love to have a media in the cold. I mean, they kind of did one year uh, in East Rutherford. They had heaters blowing on the ring, and it. I mean, it wasn't... Yeah. It wasn't like dead winter, but it wasn't warm. Uh, 50 degrees. Staying on track here to keep ourselves in good time. Let's move on to Raw here from this past Monday. Uh, similarly to SmackDown, or like how the shows have been doing, the show opens with Jay walking into the arena, and then it shows uh, Judgment Day walking to the arena in the same spot. Different times. How do we know there's different times? They put timestamps on the screen of Jay walking in, and... Uh, a timestamp of another time of when Judgment Day walked in, which I think was pretty neat. You have to believe the timestamp. Have to. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're not gonna. I mean, you don't. You don't want to think there's a possibility that Jay and the Judgment Day are walking in like five seconds apart from each other. You know. Absolutely. Uh, you can't just yeah. It. So the action on the show kicked off with Drew McIntyre versus Cody Rhodes. Uh. Drew enters first, and as noted by you, gets the uh, Kane Pyro treatment, which, I mean, the whole corner thing where they had the other three posts with the fire, that was actually pretty fucking cool. I was a fan of that. Uh, after Drew's know. entrance, we get the video package playing to hype the Cody versus Drew match, uh, it, and it didn't make it feel like it was a bigger match, no doubt about that. Uh, Cody enters, and the crowd is going just fucking bonkers because they've been doing a great job making sure that he's getting the reactions he needs going into this match with Roman a lot of good spots in this match Jimmy Uso runs out to distract Cody 
And as Cody is about to hit the crossroads on Drew, uh, Solo hops up on the ring apron and grabs Cody, gives him the Samoan spike. And this is Cody's first loss since losing to Roman at Mania, and it's at the hands of the Bloodline. And Drew. He wasn't going to win if it wasn't for the Bloodline. Come on. I don't know. Drew is hot right now. Yeah, well, he'll he'll be he'll be winning chamber, I think. So there's that. And they're and they're not going to give Drew a loss going into the chamber. Um, even if it is Cody, they're going to mess something up. It would have either been a, a a DQ or exactly what just happened. Yeah. So not not too long after we see uh, Pat McAfee with the Telecaster. Uh, some people thought it was really silly, but it was pretty entertaining and pretty funny still. Uh, but that was kind of interesting. I kind of hope they do some more of that. Uh, then we have a Andrade vignette. He says some things, uh, most notably that he's going to be known as Andrade El Idolo, which was his AEW name. So love that for him. He okay. Wasn't there an issue with him in Charlotte? Weren't they they like stopped following each other on Instagram and the possibilities of them getting a divorce? I don't fucking know, man. He there there was just a video of them together at at a at a WWE show backstage. I I don't put too much stock into that TMZ style shit. Yeah, they're at Sonya Deville's uh, wedding, dancing together too. There you go. Um, but regardless, he did say my wife. So there's that, right out of the, uh, right out of the mouth of Andrade. Oh. Anyways, um, that last chance battle royal happened. Yeah, I, it was a lot more than it was a lot more women than I thought they were going to have. Yeah, it was the women's last chance battle royal to uh, determine the last person to qualify for the elimination chamber. Um. Which was is actually funny. I don't was that the beginning of the show or is it some other time? Chelsea Green is starting to become that our truth, where her she's it was almost at first kind of forcing it, you yeah. know, trying to be funny. Yep. But now it's actually kind of funny. Yeah. Now it's natural, her, and she's getting good heat. Yeah, and she's just nagging, nagging all. I think she did both Nick Aldis and. Uh, Adam Pierce, but she went up to Adam and was like, uh, I seem to have not gotten anything, blah, blah, blah. Why you not told me that I was in the battle royal? And he was like, do you even check your emails? Because I sent you one saying you're in the battle royal. And she just dumbfoundedly just like scoffled and she <laughs> just walked out. So good shit. I thought that was hilarious. But anyways, um, uh, surprise, you know, every, you know, everybody gets their entrance, but then some people get those jobber entrances where happening behind, you know, during commercial break. Um, and then all of a sudden you come back from commercial break and Raquel Rodriguez is standing in the middle of the ring. Yeah. Um, Raquel Rodriguez makes a surprise entrance and she is, uh, back after dealing with the illness that she's still more or less dealing with, but, um, Sounds like she's figuring out how to get it under control and, and figuring out how more. to manage it. Yeah. It's I saw the video she posted 
that looked like hell. I I know no what bueno. hives look. You know, it looks like it's hives and just swelling around her face, her eyes, her bo- like her entire body. That looks awful. So yeah, it's no good. Uh, kudos for her for going through that whole thing for sure. Uh, but in any case, she wins and she's the last qualifier for the women's elimination chamber match. Uh, we cut to uh, backstage. Jay cuts a promo to hype the IC title match that is main eventing the show with Gunther. And then we got Michael Cole doing a interview with both Rhea Ripley and Nia Jax via satellite ahead of their elimination chamber title match uh, happening on Saturday. Uh, Rhea says it's the first time that she gets to compete in Australia since uh, she was on the Indies. So it's been about seven years since that happened, which I think was really cool. Crazy that it's been seven years since she's Yeah, it doesn't feel like it. Mm-mm. Yeah, and I mean, it had to be longer ago than that since they did the May Young Classic, too, um, that I believe was her, her first time that she appeared on WWE. I miss those, those, yeah. those like, tournament-style shows they did with, like, indie talent and shit. Those were cool. Um, super- but in any case, the, not too much here. Mostly just a hype segment for the match, like I said. Uh, they both do some trash-talking. And Rhea walks off, and Nia Jax is just sitting there, just fucking seething. It, yeah, and it was funny too because Pat was like, "Cole, you asked one? Did he say you asked one question?" <laughs> and it went into this whole thing, right? Uh, we'll try to blow through the rest of this fairly quickly here, so we have a little bit of time to talk about Elimination Chamber. Uh, Jackie Redman is uh, talking to our truth. And uh, basically, it looks like a Dateline segment where she's kind of like walking outside with them, asking him about his emotions and all that shit. And uh, basically, he just says uh, he's got new friends in uh, this cerebral assassin, Triple H, and the heartbreak kid, Shawn Michaels. And uh, basically, they're going to show the judgment day. You can't bully people. And that is the precursor to uh, DIY and the awesome truth versus the judgment day. Uh, before their first commercial break that happened in the middle of the match, uh, the Judgment Day was all standing on the floor outside of the ring looking up into the ring, and then you had the uh, Baby Faces, DIY, and the Awesome Truth looking at Judgment Day doing a crop chop uh, as if they were DX, which was fucking hilarious. Yeah. Uh, Damien Damien Priest pins R-Truth, and Judgment Day wins that match. Uh, and then we got a backstage interview with Sami Zayn, basically saying he is on the path to Mania, but he doesn't know what that path is yet. Uh, then we go to Becky Lynch coming out to talk about the Elimination Chamber match. Liv Morgan comes out to make her case for why she should win. Uh, basically, she wants revenge on Rhea, of course, for injuring her. Raquel comes out to say she is the only one big enough to take on whoever the champ is at that time, whether that's Nia or whether that's Rhea Ripley. Naomi comes out to say she belongs back at the top. Tiffany Stratton comes out with her awful, god-fucking-terrible-new shitty theme song. (sighs) Basically says she's the future of the WWE. And then Bianca comes out, and she states she's the only one in the group who has won the Elimination Chamber match before. So, makes a great point. undefeated. Uh, yep, Tiffany attacks Liv, and then it becomes a brawl. While everybody's brawling, Nia Jax comes out and wipes the fucking floor with everybody. Like, multiple times. Oh, Hits was... everybody once, and then a third time. An absolute ass-whooping, uh, much like she's done to Rhea Ripley the last few weeks, where she's flattened her like a fucking pancake. Uh, and so yeah. just 
she just keeps flattening people as she comes across them. Uh, then we get a Gunther backstage segment where he's hyping up the main event as well, like Jay did beforehand. Then we got Shinsuke backstage uh, saying he'll give Sammy the spotlight that he wants and he'll keep him an underdog. Uh, so I'm wondering where, where this is going to go, if this leads to a mania match between the two or uh, maybe Sami Zayn starts to go a little bit crazy because he's not getting where he wants and he realizes the only way he he, he can do it is to, you know, uh, take the things he wants and becomes a healer or something like that. Right. Um, quickly, Jesse says, I really expect them to book Rhea as a face during the match. Nia is disliked heel and Rhea is at her home country. Yeah, and I don't love that you've got babyface Rhea Ripley a part of a heel faction. Uh, but, I mean, when you're in Australia, no matter what you do with her, she's going to get positive reactions anyway, so you might as well play off of it. You might as well just turn her face for the, the pay-per-view and then – or the PLE, sorry. Yeah, and, and she's then. not – she's still not going to be a face storyline-wise, but obviously she, there's nothing you're going to be able to do that keeps her from getting positive reactions. So, sure, yeah. lean into it, whatever. Um, I mean, that show is basically being built around her in a lot of ways. Uh, And then we had a rematch between Chad Gable and Ivar with no Alpha Academy or Valhalla at ringside. Uh, Gable wins by ankle lock convincingly. Uh, So that was a big win for him. And hopefully he starts to get some traction and starts to go somewhere. Uh, Yeah. Uh, We got a backstage interview with Drew. He mentions he's now the second person after Mania to beat Cody. And Drew says he's on this journey for the fans and for himself and talking like he's a good guy, even though clearly we know um, that's not the case. And our main event on Raw, we had Jey Uso versus Gunta for the Intercontinental Championship. It was a great match. Uh, These two can just put on banger after banger if they let them. Uh, Jey hits the splash and makes the pin. And then the bell starts to ring before the count gets to three, and it's ringing a lot. Ding, 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 ding. I don't have my sound effects up. Uh, the camera pans over, and we can see wearing a hoodie and lifting it up. It's Jay Uso causing the distraction with the bell. As security comes to try to take Jimmy out, Jay Uso does a suicide dive, takes out security and Jimmy Uso, and then he gets up, and he's about to give Gunther another splash. Gunther gets his knees up and uh, basically rolls Jay up for the win. Uh, Gunther return, or retains his Intercontinental Championship. And then Jimmy attacks Jay Uso and lays him out to end the show. It's It was almost inevitable, but I figured that it would have been Imperium that would have probably helped him. But, you know, this is, this is setting something up. Jay and Jimmy are going to do something. Yeah, and I think a bloodlight issue. Yeah, and I was hoping we were going to get uh, Jay and Gunther at Mania, and maybe, maybe we do. Maybe we get a triple yeah. threat. Maybe we get um, if we Chad just might Gable. Get... Yeah, I mean, there's enough time to build Gable into an IC title program for Mania, uh, but at the same time, I mean, he's faced Gunther and had that opportunity multiple times now, and yeah. lost every single one. So. It's it's probably going to be some kind of like Sammy because he was trying to ask for you know or say I'm going to be a part of I'm going to get a title maybe he's going to be a part of that match or something I don't know yeah curious to see where this is going to go it's just another one of those storylines that's got a lot of different directions it can go and a lot of twists and turns it's, it can take before it's so little time yeah we're we're starting to get down there I mean we're like a month and a half 
right now, I believe. If uh, yeah, Mania. little over little over a month. Yeah, because it's I believe the first weekend of April, and here we are in the third weekend of February. So yeah, we're getting down there. It's going by Next quick. March. Yes, sir. Uh, quick preview for SmackDown uh, tomorrow night, which, as we mentioned, was pre-taped. Uh, as everybody makes the journey over to Perth, I believe a lot of them are already there. Uh, we're getting Drew versus LA Knight. We're getting Pete Dunne and Tyler Bate, uh, the new Catch Republic, versus uh, the Judgment Day. Uh, but it's going to be Dom and JD, uh, and then obviously at Elimination Chamber the day after. They're going against uh, Balor and Priest for the tag team titles. And then we got Street Profits versus AOP. That's still happening. Uh, and then Braun Breaker makes his in-ring debut on SmackDown. Now, let's get into the nitty-gritty here a little bit. See if we have any comments to catch up on here. Jesse says he he uh, really expects that they're going to book Rhea as a face during the He's match. Nia's disliked you. I mean, yeah, yeah, that's... There's no other way that can really go either. Um, Hearts in Canada. Yeah, it, exactly. Prime example. So, anyways, uh, let's get into the card here for Elimination Chamber. There's four matches that have been announced and one interview segment. So, we're going to have the Grayson Waller effect where yeah. you're going to see Cody and Seth both on. Uh, I guess, what can we expect from that? It, it's going to set up the bloodline. That that match, it's it's going to either be you know the tag team match, which is going to be wild if they actually go that route. But they're going to set something up with the bloodline. Whether the Rock comes out, maybe that'd be kind of cool if the Rock made his way over to Australia. But something I know Australia really wants them, and they were willing to pay the money to get him there. Um, so that would yeah. be huge. But if there is a time that he would come out, this would obviously be it, and we can get our first uh, maybe face to face. Mano Imano with Cody, I, I don't know. Maybe an attack from The Rock and, and Roman. That would be kind of cool just to see oh, The Rock actually get physical. Yeah. Other than the slap. Yeah, and I'm curious to see. They got to set something up with Rock. I think I think he's going to wrestle at Mania, but who or how you get there or what, uh, not sure. A lot of possibilities. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, so, yeah, so we got that one uh, segment. And then as far as our matches go, like I said, we got four. One of those four is the New Catch Republic versus the Judgment Day, Damian Priest and Finn Balor for the undisputed WWE Tag Team titles. As much as, much as I want um, Judgment Day to lose these titles because Damian Priest needs to lose them or lose that briefcase. It just doesn't make sense. I actually think they're going to come out winning because I don't, I just don't know why they, this new team just seems like it needs to have something before they can even get this title. Yeah, I agree. Um, (sighs) Damian Priest with that briefcase is just wasting, wasting away. Yes. I and I I think with the champions that we have right now and the possible contenders for it, when he cashes in, there's no way he's winning. In, in my opinion, um, maybe maybe Drew beats Seth at Mania and Damian comes and cashes in, or 
something. And I mean, he doesn't have to. I mean, he can do it after Mania too, you know, because you have until the next Money in the Bank to do money something. In the bank. Yeah. Um, but I mean, you're definitely not going to get that briefcase involved with the undisputed championship. There's no way. Uh, that would just throw a lot of things off course that they've been working so hard to build up. So if you're going to do it, I think it's going to be with the world heavyweight championship involved. George, (laughs) I want to see you get get... physical shorts. (laughs) That's gross. Uh, You guys did have sleepovers with that blanket behind you. I've heard when we were in like middle school, I hope you washed that blanket (laughs) before you hung it up for the world to see thousand times actually before every day for a thousand days shout out to that 1998 wcw blanket from shorts childhood as his backdrop i uh i watched it as many days as roman has been champion holy fuck that's the most washed blanket on the entire planet then that's why it's faded so bad um yes this money in the bank thing i think you know, maybe they might have some kind of something where Priest loses it to someone, kind of like the Otis thing, as much as yeah. nobody wanted that to happen. Mm-hmm. I think more people actually would like that to happen right now than not. I agree. I just, I, you, you also don't want to <laughs> knock Damien Priest down any pegs either. So I think there's a very exactly. delicate balance that they have to find in order to do literally anything with this briefcase, whether it's, it's a cash-in or a losing it or something. It's called our truth Our fucking truth Our Lord and Savior. He's going to bring those guys down from the inside out. Um, yep. The next one, though, is the one that actually... You think that they put... You think that they put Rhea and Nia as main event? I think there's a good chance. I, I think... I think they should. I think three out of these four matches could potentially main event, but I I think I think I would have them open the show. Yeah, I was either I was just gonna say it was either that or open the show. I think you get the crowd nice and hot, start off on a strong note, and then I think you probably do the men's chamber. Well, I mean, even the women's, honestly, I would do either one of those to main event the show. I think it would work a little better if the women actually ended the show just because Rhea started it and it's literally no one else. It's that is the only title that it's really, you know, it's got a spotlight on in this paper or in this PLE. So, but that last kind of makes it a sandwich, I guess makes it a good one, but I don't know. Knowing, uh, knowing WWE, they'll put the men's chamber last. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Uh, I think I can see it being the women simply just because the winner of it is going to face Rhea. Then maybe Rhea comes down after the match is over and does a face-off with whoever wins. And then you you got a hot crowd to end the show because Rhea's back out there and you're starting a real strong build-up for that uh, Women's World Championship match. They could do the same, though, for Seth. Yep. Seth's going to be there. So, yeah, either way, I mean, I think ideally in my mind, you start, yeah, you start with Rhea, end with the women, mm-hmm. boom, just like you said. Yep. Uh, so then I think 
it, to me, it seems pretty obvious. Rhea's going to win this match. Rhea's going to go into Mania with the title. Uh, I think they can do a good job making Nia Jax uh, still look strong coming out of it and looking like a strong contender for, I don't, I don't know, something. I don't know if, if Nia has her own match at Mania, what they're going to do with that. But uh, obviously, I think Rhea wins here. You're not going to send her to her home country for the first time uh, with WWE and have her lose her championship, especially going into Mania. Mark is asking who is the favorite to win men's elimination chamber match. And he says it's probably not Randy. Um, for me, no. I, I think. I, I think just with the way they've been building, uh, building around the men's chamber match and the way they've been building the people in it, I I, I don't see any other possibility other than Drew McIntyre to win the men's chamber match. Or L.A. Knight. I don't, but, see, I don't see that. But I see... What I see in there, it's either they go L.A. Knight, which would be awesome. I doubt it's going to happen. But I think inside that chamber, I have been looking into things where I think they really want L.A. Knight to get that off of Logan. It's either L.A. Knight or Kevin Owens that takes that belt off Logan in Mania. Yeah, and... Some, Based on SmackDown last, uh, not I guess this last week as much, but the week before, it it sure looked like Kevin and Logan Paul weren't done with each other quite yet. Uh, yeah, I I would like to see maybe this this the U.S. title build and and maybe into a triple threat with Logan and Kevin and L.A. Knight or maybe a four way with somebody that. else mixed in there. Um, I think it'd be a strong multi man match for you know one of the titles on the show. And it would be good. Like those guys can, you know, you got the high flyer and Logan, you got the brawler and Kevin Owens, and then you got, you got the star power of LA Knight. So it would actually be a fairly relevant and must see match. I would like to potentially see a ladder match or a TLC or some sort of gimmick match for that US championship match. Cause I think you're going to have a lot of guys that need a match on Mania that could put on a hell of a show. Yeah, I would. Uh, but like, who else could even be involved in that, though? Um, there's so many. I mean, literally anybody in this chamber involved. match, first of all. But there's more yeah. than that, too. Um, I don't I don't see Randy being involved with that. I don't see Bobby being involved with that because Bobby is trying to chase that heavyweight title, you're saying. Drew, no. But, like, I don't know. Throw Chad in there, I guess. Or, no, this is for SmackDown. So, where the fuck is Ricochet? Uh, I mean, it hasn't been that long since we've seen him, but he's not really involved in anything right now, obviously. Uh, but just to run down, since we're talking about the men's chamber match, uh, the contenders inside the match are Drew McIntyre, Bobby Lashley, L.A. Knight, yeah, Kevin Owens, Logan Paul, and Randy Orton. So I think we both agree that we see Drew taking that. Yeah, it's... Yeah, no, uh just makes more sense to go Drew. Right. Uh, for our women's elimination chamber match, we get <clears throat> Becky Lynch, Tiffany Stratton, Naomi Raquel, Rodriguez, Bianca Belair, and Liv Morgan. Um, like I mentioned before, I, I think Becky takes this. I think both the winners of the chamber match are predictable. Not saying that is a bad thing at all uh, because I think – I think Becky is the right winner for the women's match. I think Drew's the right winner for the men's matches. Just 
based on the stories that they've been telling uh, with Drew and Becky uh, leading into Elimination Chamber. Um, I mentioned this before on previous episodes. Rhea has not had a super strong, formidable opponent for her title during her reign. They have kept her away from any strong contender, uh, I think probably just to ensure that I don't think they felt like they could put her with somebody like Becky Lynch and have her win yet. For whatever reason, I don't know. But Nia Jax would be her first, I guess, formidable formidable opponent or believable opponent that could possibly win. And I think Becky's the next step. They've kept Rhea away from anybody else that could believably win that title. And now this is where things are actually finally going to start to get interesting and make Rhea really have to prove that she deserves that title. And the only way that she's going to do that is by beating contenders like Nia and by beating contenders like Becky, where we're finally not sure maybe who's going to win. Um, yeah, and I think after this, they have to start going with, you know, don't be on, because I'm, I'm still trying to figure out who's on SmackDown and who's on Raw, but, you know, you have Liv that's on SmackDown, Bianca on SmackDown, and then Naomi is on Raw. I'm trying to figure out, is Tiffany, Tiffany came out on Raw. Well, that's that's the thing. There's a lot of there's a lot of blurred lines right now because Cody's going after the other brand's title, and so with the elimination chamber, there's people from both brands in that match. And I mean, same situation with the women's. I guess Um, there's people from both brands in that chamber match. So I think there's just a little bit of gray area, and right now they're not adhering super strictly to that for those reasons, which. I love I love brand splits. I want to see them like really stick to them, but going into Mania right now and for people to compete to be contenders for certain titles, I'm fine with it. I just hope after Mania we go back to sticking to a, a strict draft, and I think they're going to because you got two general managers now, and that seems to be working really well. Very prominent general managers. Oh, they're, they're so good. Really, they're great. Yeah. Uh, both of them are great. I love I I love the the way the general manager situation is shaking up right now. So yeah, um, that's elimination chamber. I believe, like I said, there's a press conference that actually might be happening right now for elimination chamber uh, that we need to turn on. Are you waking up at four a.m. to watch elimination chamber? I may not even go to bed. Ooh, it's that's a move to be tough. I'm, I think I'm going to set my alarm for 3.59, turn on Peacock while I'm still laying down, and then uh, promptly fall asleep about six minutes later. <laughs> Chat, if you're going to watch, if you're going to watch uh, a person that said acknowledge me, will not acknowledge you because you're not here. Uh, who, who said it? Take a Don't guess. Care. Yeah, exactly. Don't care. It doesn't matter what your name is. Chat, if you're going to be watching Elimination Chamber live, let us know. We don't have a whole lot of time left here, so I think we're going to try to wrap it up. Do we have any final thoughts on anything here, Shorts? Uh, this is a pretty predictable PLE. Uh, the only thing that's really not predictable is that Grayson Waller uh, yeah. segment. Looking forward and to I'm it. very interested in that. 
And I'm definitely still looking forward to the other matches, even if even if they are predictable. I think they're going to be good. Um, we we might we might if they work out the way that we think they are, great. Uh, I think that's best case scenario. Um, and I think there's still going to be good matches that are going to be worth watching. Yeah, I really want to see that freaking briefcase come out and do something. Yeah, I'd be very interested in that as well. Uh. Well, anyways, ladies and gentlemen, let's wrap this up here for today. We're going over time, and my SD card is almost out of space. So if you want an audio uh, full episode, then we need to cut this. Uh, and we're, we're a little bit longer than what we usually do anyways. Pinky's up for the bush light. Uh, so, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for tuning in to the Unprofessional Wrestling Podcast. My name is Travis. Along with me here is Shorts again. Make sure to find us on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Don't forget to rate, subscribe, leave us a review, help us get suggested and reach uh, more people like us that love professional wrestling. Don't forget to subscribe to us on YouTube, Unprofessional Wrestling Podcast on YouTube. Subscribe, click notify me when you see our live links go up, which is usually a couple days before the streams take place. Give us a thumbs up, leave a comment, do all of those things, help us out as much as you can. Then questions on, on X. Yeah, give us questions on X. Give us questions on Facebook, uh, on our YouTube videos. We would love to, to answer some of your questions. It would be a fun segment to do in future shows. And uh, I think we have a couple listeners now anyways, more than we did on day one. So, Love to see it. All right. Well, Shorts, let's do the old salute to our listeners watching here, ladies and gentlemen. We'll see you next week right here on the Unprofessional Wrestling Podcast.